0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of O. Thank goodness St. Louis can't field the baseball. My goodness. The Royals take three out of four in this series and begin the eight-game road trip impressively at 2-0 after Chris Houdini-Young walks the tightrope. With six walks and four innings of one-run ball, Casey holds off St. Louis 4-2, to two. and it's Dave, I'm excited to talk with you about that right here on Clubhouse Conversation, another edition of Your Dish, where we'll also get pretty deep into the Philadelphia Phillies, the Royals' next opponent in Philadelphia, beginning tomorrow night, and... This might sound stupid for a team like the Phillies, who are 10 games under 500, but I'm really excited about this matchup with Philadelphia. Some really good young players and some high upside pitching. It's going to be an exciting series. I'm just really excited to see this team play after really following them. I'm a big fantasy and rotisserie baseball player, and I follow Philadelphia, one of my favorite NL teams to follow in depth. So I'm excited to see the Royals match up against them, especially the matchups on Saturday and Sunday. But first things first, let's talk about this Cardinals series and the game tonight, beginning with our player of the game, Mr. Kendris Morales, again, his sixth player of the game award this year on Clubhouse Conversation. How about his 11th home run of the year tonight in the eighth inning? He goes three for four overall, drives in another run on top of that. So two RBIs and a run scored in his three for four. Morales just swinging the hot wand right now. And you just hope you can milk that as long as possible. I mean, and seeing him out there in right field, how nice is that? Making a plus defensive play last night, and then tonight we saw him make a nice play. He just looks – he looks – like he belongs out there in right field, and I'm sure over time he'd get exposed, and the arm is not great. We've seen the arm out there, which leaves something to be desired, but as long as he can catch the ball, anything semi-close to him and not do anything bad, you know, get him three ABs and then get Paulo Orlando in there off the bench, I think that's a very nice formula for the Royals. They can keep both him and Hosmer in the lineup, and that kind of helps offset the loss of Lorenzo Cain, who we hope to have back, obviously, first game after the All-Star break. But you thought coming into this road trip, once you heard that Cain was out, you thought, oh, goodness, if if Morales can't play the out Field, we're down, you know, two major bats in our lineup and the pitcher's hitting. You were nervous about that, but having Kendry's in there definitely steadies things out, as does the play we've seen recently from Paulo Orlando and Chesler Cuthbert. So just a lot of praise to go around for the Royals. And I call this. I don't want to say a make or break road trip, but this is a big road trip. I, I tweeted before at Royals Clubhouse before this trip that we would know if the Royals are going to be contenders after this road trip, and I stick by that. And on my, I wasn't predicting one way or the other. I'm just saying if the Royals can come out of this road trip four and four or five and three, then I think you know they're going to be in this thing the whole year. If the Royals come home two and six, one and seven, they're in big trouble because if you come home five hundred or below, I mean, if you look at the wild card numbers right now, the Royals are right there in the middle of it. But you know, if they came home right at five hundred they would essentially be like the third or fourth worst team in the American League. That's how jumbled it is right now. So if you're at 500 at the all-star break and you're starting pitching is a big question mark, you're probably not a real true contender when you're going against five or six teams. I I feel like it's a big time because it's it's a chance for the Royals to kind of keep themselves at the top of the wild card standings and hopefully get back within four or five of Cleveland going into the all-star break or the very much within striking distance. And that will allow them to, have a better chance of adding a piece because I think they're still kind of the jury's still kind of out on what they want to do, how far they're going to go, what they're willing to give up. So I, I think it's a key road trip. I really do. And the Royals beginning 2-0, and o, make it a pretty doggone good chance they're going to come home at least 4-4. Four and four. Now Nothing's for sure, but I like where they're at right now, obviously. I mean, how could you not going 2-0? and o? So, yeah, just a shout to Kendry, 761 OPS. It keeps going north, which is great, and looking like the old Kendry's more and more. And while we're on the topic of Morales, before we get to Young, uh, let's talk about the rest of the Royals' offense tonight. After leaving 19 base runners, the Royals were over-legal last night. You know, 18 is the legal age in most states. The Royals could smoke last night. (laughs) They stranded 19 and still won. Of course, that was the most since 1995 when they stranded 23 and won a game. Tonight, you know, pretty standard KC, 6Ks, 1Walk, and they leave just four tonight, going two for nine with runners in scoring position. So the offense wasn't great tonight. And once again, the big thing was the Royals were gifted another run par, probably two. I mean, there's only one under and run of the four, but really there were two of them. I mean, just horrible defense we saw from the Cardinals in the series. I think the Cardinals... I mean, we saw the Mets look brutal early in the year, although the last time we saw them, they, uh, they look fine defensively. Cleveland is not a good defensive team. That's a bad defensive team. And I, the St. Louis is worse, though. St. Louis might be the worst defensive team we've seen all year. And I've only seen them play about five other times besides the Royals. So maybe this was just bad for them. I mean, I'm sure they're not this bad. That we saw the last two games, but certainly putting Johnny Peralta at third base is never a good thing, right? I mean, gosh, what a butcher over there. First, you have Brian Pena throwing the ball away on the wet Merrifield stolen base, and he probably would have scored anyways. But, you know, so there's a run the Royals get off of that throwing error. Johnny Peralta unable to field a, a grounder before that, that he should have had, obviously, that put him on in the first place. And then a blooper the next inning that he just drops. And then you see Matt Carpenter later didn't cost them a run, but failed to turn a double play ball. You can't charge an error on that because you can't assume a double play. But we just saw, and then of course last night, you know, just awful. Awful defense. The Royals, I want to say the Royals made them pay. They kind of did, but the Royals really left them off the hook, especially last night. So the, the Royals were fortunate to win both of these games, certainly. I think you know, St. Louis, you could say gifted both of them. At the same time, you could say the Royals had some leaks in their bullpen, which normally doesn't happen. We saw Wade Davis and Joaquim Soria both blow saves last night. And even a base runner going on against Davis tonight. It's like when a base runner gets on, you're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? You know, this guy is human maybe after all. Still borderline robot though. Don't be confused. The numbers were so damn historically good the last two years that we might think this year he's having an off year, but he's still having one of the best years in all of baseball. You know, and, and the three-year stretch is still probably the best in baseball history. So even though the number, you know, even though we're, we're seeing him not be the robot he was the last two years, he's still the elite closer in all of Major League Baseball. So it's great to have Wade Davis and Kelvin of course, we know what he's doing out there. Ho Chaver threw the ball well tonight. Soria has been a lot better. You know, even Wong, I thought the whole year's been pretty well. You know, the ERA's in the high threes, but for a, a fifth option out there in the bullpen, that's a pretty damn good option. A lot of teams would have him probably as their third best reliever, or maybe even second on certain teams throughout the big leagues. So, you know what? Who cares? The Royals get out of there with two wins. That's all I care about. And luckily, they don't lose any more games on Cleveland, who now has tied a franchise record, rattling off their 13th in a row tonight, getting just enough offense against the knuckleballer, R.A. Dickey, and then, you know, just pick your Cleveland starter. All five of them just keep going through. Santana, Carrasco, Bauer, Tomlin, all those guys just keep rolling right along, rolling through. It's a scary team. We talked about Cleveland before the season, so you know that that's that's gonna it's gonna come down to the Royals and Cleveland for the division. And obviously, you want the division. You don't want that wild card. But you know, the Royals just have to keep winning games. And you know, worry about what they can control. Take care of the Philadelphia Phillies, which we're going to get to next. But first, Chris Young, like I said at the top, walked that tightrope the entire night. A very Danny Duffy line pre two thousand fifteen, wasn't it? Four innings, only gives up one run, but runs out of pitches. Walk six, Ks five. Classic Danny Duffy line before last year. Four innings, six walks, five Ks, only one guy scores. It's just, you know, he's channeling his inner Danny Duffy, and hopefully he can channel his inner 2016 Danny Duffy here pretty soon. And The only run that went against and the only hit against Young was a ball that may still not have even landed off the bat of Brandon Moss. My God, his fifth home run in less than 20 at-bats. I believe it's I believe that he was four home runs and 18 at-bats coming in. So in his 20th at-bat, he hit his fifth home run against Chris Young. Yikes, that ball, one of the longest ever hit there. And, of course, Candice Morales hit, I believe, the third longest ball ever for an opponent in Bush Stadium, the new Bush Stadium, with his jack there in the eighth inning as well. So we saw some distance tonight from the home runs. Is that enough tonight to keep Chris Young in the rotation is a question I've been getting at Royals Clubhouse, and it's a very fair question because you want more distance out of your starter. you got to have more than four innings, right? I mean, The Royals are either going to have to add another starting pitcher, or they're going to have to add another guy that can give you two innings and another fireman to rotate with Luke Kochaver. You because know, at some point I mean, you can't run I don't know they're they're gonna need to do something obviously, Chris Medlin is the guy that we thought would be in their next start if Young struggled at all, and can we say Young struggled tonight? Yes, we can, but I don't think it was enough to kick him out of the rotation, especially because Medlin did not dazzle tonight at triple A Omaha. if you haven't heard Chris Medlin gives up five earned runs in five and two thirds against Memphis, striking out five six hits couple of walks. So not really a good night for Medlin. I don't know what he's working on. I didn't watch the game, so maybe the line's misleading. You can't always just look at a line. But I think the fact that Young threw just good enough, only gave up one run and did have the strikeout numbers again. We've been seeing him strikeout batters all year. Strikeout per inning. How's this guy doing that? So I, I think you got to keep Chris Young in the rotation again for five more days. I do, because I think he was just good enough. But with that said, maybe not, because do you really want Chris Young's next start to be against Toronto in that ballpark, the Rogers Center? Ooh. Jose Bautista on the DL right now. That'll help. I'm not sure if he's coming back at that point. I haven't checked that, but I know he's on the DL right now. That will help. But Michael Saunders is picking right up where Bautista was and picking up that. I've been in Encarnacion up there and Donaldson, you know, the usual suspects, Pilar, Martin, Tulowitzki, on and on. So that'll be a tough series. But first let's talk about the Philadelphia Phillies here. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. The Phillies come into this series, 10 games under 500 after a really nice start. Uh, Phillies, I believe, were six games over 500 there in mid-May, and they just completely fallen off. 35 and 45. They're built completely on pitching, and that's why because they've seen their starting pitching take a nosedive recently. Vincent Velasquez, about a month of the, about a month ago, had some arm issues and just made his first start off the DL a couple of days ago. The Royals will see him on Saturday. Aaron Nola had been dominant until his last four starts, and now he's historically Philadelphia-Philly bad. His last four starts has not gone four innings. First guy for the Phillies since like 1925 to do that. So Nola, a big upside starter I like a lot with K potential, more than one K per inning. Jared Eikhoff's another good pitcher they have that the Royals aren't going to see in this series. So they've got some good young starting pitching. Eikhoff, Nola, Velasquez, the Royals will see in this series as well the guy that could possibly come to KC. Jeremy Hellickson, that's what they're going to see tomorrow, probably down to his last couple of starts for the Phillies. But as far as Philadelphia offensively, they're just 28th in Major League Baseball in runs scored, although the Royals are just 26, So, I mean, to give you a comparison, the offenses are, are similar. Or maybe maybe the Royals are even worse since they have the, the DH and Philadelphia doesn't, but, you know, I guess they're comparable, but Phil, trust me, Philadelphia is worse offensively for sure. The Royals are better than 26 and Philadelphia is not better than 28th. Only a couple of bats that semi-scare you. Michael Franco has got big time a home run potential at third base, a young player for Philadelphia. Adubel Herrera either leads off or hits second. I like him a lot. A lefty gap hitter that can occasionally muscle up. I like Herrera a lot. And then they've got a couple of guys that play either catcher or first base, depending on the day. They put Tommy Joseph at either catcher or first. He's a rookie. Cameron Rupp, a decent little hitter as well. And Those guys aren't world beaters. I'm not saying they're good, good. I'm just saying they semi-scare you because they do have some pop. But outside of those guys, you've got guys like Ryan Howard in there. Yes, that Ryan Howard. You've got Andres Blanco. Yes, that Andres Blanco, the one that used to play for the Royals. Who Somehow, I think he's only like 34 still. How is that even possible? (laughs) 35 maybe? This guy's been around forever, man. Some of these guys I swear like somehow get like frozen and just don't age that like, their age stays the same. So anyway, we'll see him out there a lot of, a lot of just kind of eh, bats when you go up and down, you got Tommy Godell and Peter Borges. It's not that good of a lineup for Philadelphia. So the Royals pitching should be in pretty good shape. And if you get that bullpen in there with a lead, good night. Now, pitching wise, speaking of pitching, the Royals are 14th in Major League Baseball with a 4 1 1. Philadelphia 18th, a 4 3 7. I think Philadelphia's got better starting pitching than the Royals do. They've been struggling recently. The bullpen's not as good. The bullpen's not bad, though. So the Royals, you know, have a much better bullpen. I think Philadelphia has a better rotation for sure. But let's get to the matchups here now. Ian Kennedy, Jeremy Hellickson, game one. Kind of two semi-similar pitchers. Kennedy's obviously better than Hellickson is, but Hellickson comes in 5-6, and six, a 4-2-3. Kennedy, 6-6, six six, a 3-9-6. Now, Kennedy, 11 uh, Ks in seven innings against Houston, giving up just one run. We'll look to build on that, obviously, this time out. Ryan Howard is 188 against Kennedy. The Royals will probably only see him once maybe twice. He's not playing every day. It's kind of like a belly Butler situation now because they're putting Tommy Joseph over there quite a bit although usually that's against lefties so the Royals may see him all three times but I'm guessing twice. Anyway, Ryan Howard is 188 against Kennedy in 16 ABs Carlos Ruiz, one of the backup catchers is 125 in 8 ABs. Now Hellickson comes off one run in six innings his last time out. There'll be lots of scouts out there watching him including the Royals obviously. The Royals have seen him a lot but not much success. The only Royal who's hit him well is Gordon. Alex is 8 for 16 off of Helixson. Eske just 133 and 15 at bats. Hosmer just 3 for 15. Salvi just 2 for 11. So not a lot of success historically against Helixson. I-, I like the Royals in game one. I do. Better starting pitcher, better bullpen, better offense. Now, Saturday, I'm giddy about it. I cannot wait for Saturday. I'm really excited about this. Danny Duffy, Aaron Nola. Danny Duffy, 3-1, a 3-2-4. Aaron Nola, 5-7, a 4-4-5. Four, four, now, Nola is a lot better than those numbers, believe me. Let's start with Duffy. He's on a roll, eight innings against St. Louis with eight Ks and two runs. The most important stat is he's started nine games now for the Royals, and they have won six of them. The Royals are 6-3 and three in Danny Duffy's outings. Only Andres Blanco has seen him ever, 3-6 for six, against Danny Duffy. Now, the Royals have never seen Nola. A right-hander who's very talented. Like I said, he's been hit hard recently. This guy, about what? About three three weeks ago. This guy's ERA. I mean, at the moment, I just told you his ERA right now is four four five. About three weeks ago, it was three two. So this guy, and he strikes out a lot of hitters. But in his last four starts, Nola is zero three with a fifteen point two three ERA. So he's coming in, depending how you look at it, either at a good time because he's just getting plucked and has no confidence, or a bad time because he's due for a good outing. Either way, I, I expect a big-time strikeout game. Philadelphia strikes out a lot. The Royals don't. If you look at 1-30, through 30, they're still in the, in the bottom third for st- team strikeouts, but moving up quickly. I expect a lot of strikeouts in a low-scoring game on Saturday. I'll give the Royals another win. I will, but but I I can't wait to see Aaron Nola pitch. I'm, I'm a geek about this game, Duffy and Nola. Hopefully, I, I'm getting you a little excited about Philadelphia, because I know if you don't really follow them or – Hear about them. It's kind of like a blast series. But trust me, this is a very interesting series. I'm excited for the series. And then Sunday, you've got your Donna Ventura and Vincent Velasquez. Ventura. 6-5 Six and five with a five ERA even. Velasquez six and two of three three eight. I like Philadelphia pretty big on Sunday. I think the Royals get two out of three this weekend, which is fine. Ventura comes off five and a third, seven runs, seven hits, another disappointing outing against St. Louis, the only game that Casey dropped there, obviously. And like I mentioned earlier, Velasquez has had numerous elbow and arm injuries throughout his career, but did throw five scoreless innings with seven K's against Arizona, his first start back. I suspect we'll see him cap through on a hundred pitches and hopefully the Royals can hit him. They've only seen him once, nobody with more. And 4 abs against Vincent Velasquez. So there you go. I like the Royals. Two out of three in the Philadelphia series. I will be actually in Omaha watching the Storm Chasers. I'll have a report for you when I get back a couple of times this weekend. I'll be watching the KC games as well, but won't be in my home studio. So there will be no dish until either Monday or Tuesday. Maybe Tuesday, guys, because it's the 4th of July on Monday. So no guarantee I'll be able to do one Monday night either. So it might be a few more days. So hopefully you will uh, you know, be back here with us on Monday or Tuesday on Clubhouse Conversation. and you know, I'll be by Twitter if you want to chat that way or you know, questions, thoughts. You want to give me your opinion, I always want to hear from you. At Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. It's Clubhouse Conversation on Facebook. Here on the website, clubhouseconversation.com, and subscribe on iTunes and have all the dishes and interviews downloaded directly into your iTunes without having to do anything. Pretty cool technology in 2016, isn't it? We'll talk to you again coming up after the Phillies series. Hopefully two out of three. Go Royals!